Hello everyone and welcome to the Home Buyer Club podcast with me, Joe Thompson. Today we have a special guest. We have Kelly from LNK Financial. How are Hello, you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. So, a year in, how are you getting on? Yeah, you good. I can't believe it's been a year. It goes, time flies when you're having fun, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> time it. flies when you're fighting with mortgage lenders. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's been really good actually. Um, pleased we set the business up. It's still going strong, so... Yeah, really good. Oh, that's great stuff. Well, a bit of a tradition, we'd like to do some quick fire questions. Oh, no. So just get us warmed up. Okay. So are you ready? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so house or a flat? House. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Dog or cat? Dog. Beach or pool? Beach. Red or white wine? Oh, both, please. Long walk or spa day? Spa day. <laughs> Hot or cold? Hot. Oh, that was it. Oh God! I liked how quick you were. I felt the pressure. Oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> it was exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. I could have gone out. You were you were really quick. So I was like, oh my God, these aren't actually that long. <laughs> you put no, you put some in there that would throw me, and I had to, yeah. go, with it. I had to go with it. Quick fire. Uh, I love it. Uh, so we met recently, uh, and we discussed everything about mortgages because we're yeah. mortgage advisors. Yeah. Uh, and we discussed what stands you out, um, and and why you're as good as you are I'm mm-hmm. not blowing your trumpet but yeah, carry on, carry on. <laughs> and, and we were speaking about building relationships there. yes and how you found that mm-hmm. that's really helped you hasn't it with with how successful you've been no definitely and I think that's not only helped I think that is that is the key that is the key to having a, a successful client base and clients that come back every two years every five years that is the key having that relationship and building that good rapport and relationship is paramount. I I don't think you can give the right advice or keep long-term clients without having a relationship with them. Yeah. And I think that's so, so important. And I think a lot of people fall in the trap of, uh, it's a transactional thing. Oh yeah. In Bosch, forgotten about next one in. But actually, if you build that client base, you don't need to focus so much on bringing so many new No, exactly. And if obviously, as you're in a business, it's all about the long-term client base. It's all about the longevity of the business. And if you've got clients that come in for a mortgage and then you never speak to them again because they go elsewhere because you're not memorable to them, your business is never going to grow. Because like you said, you're constantly going to be scrambling around the leads. Where's the next client coming from? And it doesn't work that way. And, and both Lauren and I, hence why we kind of started LNK, is because we both work that way. We both have clients that we know well, more than we should know in some respects in terms of their family and who they recommend you to and things like that, that that is the way, in, in our opinion, to build to build a long-term business. Yeah, brilliant. So have you found that those relationships that you're building just actually then have a domino effect, as in of referrals? Of course, yeah. always. Because, and, and if you get to know them because you genuinely care about getting to know them, and, and it has to be a genuine, like you have to want to know about their children, their hobbies, their plans, their what's important to them, and what's not important to them. You then become part of their like social, not social circle, but part of their circle and part of their trusted people. So they have then no hesitation when someone else in the office or a family member talks about a mortgage to say, contact Kelly, contact Lauren, they're great, blah, 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 blah. blah. I think it's the only way to, to be able to get those referrals is by doing a good bloody job yeah well, it is isn't it yeah. yeah and have you found that they, it's not a case of going okay contact blah 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 mortgages as in the, the company the yeah. name of the company it's actually you as yeah. a person definitely and i've seen it um 
worked at a couple of different places and you've seen that it's you as a person that you know people buy people at the end of the day and if you genuinely care about that person they don't care where you work or you know and, and the people that when we set up LNK were so supportive and couldn't like give us enough like congratulations about setting up the business because they were so pleased that we'd actually done that and kind of like proud of us in a way for doing that then that just to me speaks volumes yeah yeah it really does yeah, yeah. you can see it on your face how like I get all emotional. It's good. It's, it's nice that you've got the support of people. Because oh, definitely. You, you could be the best mortgage advisor in the world. If you've got no business, exactly. no clients, exactly. you can't demonstrate that. So no. It goes to show how important it is to be a likeable person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Lauren's the likeable one. I'm joking. Wow. <laughs> right, I'm leaving. <laughs> so how do you build those relationships? What, what have you found works with, with building that friendship and that relationship with clients? Just from day dot, I want to be, so I am myself, the way I am with you, with my friends, with my clients, I'm the same person throughout. I'm not going to become a robot that's just doing a tick box fact find exercise to ask the questions because I've got to ask the questions. I am asking the questions because I need to know all of that information to be able to give you the right advice. I need to know that information to know what's important to you, to advise you now, to advise you in five years, to advise you in 10 years. So I'm not just going to do a tick box fact find because you don't find anything out. Anyone can write their name, address and date of birth on a piece of paper and how much they earn. You don't learn anything about them. So I think just from day dot, having communication with them, be a normal person. It doesn't have to be straight up and clinical and, you can have a personality yeah. in this in this industry. And I think sometimes maybe that's what gets lost is that you're not a real person, so people can't relate. Yeah, that's it. And some people, I've found, like, companies I've worked at, a lot of people will hide behind a phone or mm. they'll email Emails. a fact yep. find out. Uh, it just doesn't work because it's so impersonal, isn't it? Exactly that. Touch. Yep. And at the place I was at, it was, it was a, an estate agency business, but mm -hmm. they're it was all remote the mortgage advice was all remote yeah and it was okay ring out you need but fill this in send it back and the first time they'd actually speak to a mortgage advice properly was an appointment mm -hmm. as in a sale appointment you card yourself to somebody you don't know exactly. yeah i feel very strongly about email fact finds yeah um they don't work and don't get me wrong i'm not saying that that doesn't work for some people that might but my question would be, does that person then come back when it's time to remortgage? And that's that's it, isn't it? That's have you just done a sale because you work at an agent or you work well, wherever? Have you just done a sale to get that person's mortgage over the line and buy them that property? What's the point if you're never going to speak to that person again? Yeah. I genuinely want to speak to my clients every time they remortgage, every time they've had a baby and they need some life insurance. So I get calls to say, oh, can you do me a personal loan? Or do you know anyone that can do this? Or do you know anybody that can do that? Because you're their financial person yeah. and you're that person. I'm not just doing a mortgage and then never going to speak to you again. Yeah. Well, maybe, <laughs> I hope not, but yeah. that's the plan. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So how do you keep in touch with them? Do you, do you touch base every year or, or so? Or yeah, do you follow depends. them on social media? Yeah, I do a lot of the social media um, because I think as much as you can send, I'll, I'll like to send a message or an email of some sort 
once a year just to check in let me know if you need anything you know contact details haven't changed just to just to kind of put it out there but social media is a huge one um people i will always encourage people to follow us on social media so they can constantly see us and it just keeps your name in their mind doesn't it if they see seeing posts every now and again no matter how regular or irregular it might be you're kind of at the forefront of the mind anytime anybody mentions a mortgage yeah yeah that's good isn't it yeah. that's what you want isn't it definitely you, the first name out there their yeah. mouth when they hear the word mortgage ah yeah uh, that. uh yeah i love that and and i completely agree with that email fact find I, i've mm-hmm. done it myself uh when i was employed and it didn't work and the, it, it can't work no no and i didn't pr- probably 10 percent of those clients i spoke to i probably would have heard from again you know it's if you just show your personality yeah. and you be you can have a conversation with people we'll throw out your silly jokes and <laughs> <laughs> but if you have that conversation with somebody they're buying into you yeah. how can they know who you are and how can you know who they are and what they need from a blooming email yeah. exactly i really I, I just don't think and i get that in the world that we live in now everyone wants it's something to happen fast. Everyone wants, can I get this? Can I buy this house now? And they want to know there and then. I'll send an email off. Here's my details. Can you help me? And, and I understand that that's the world that we live in and that people might want to fill information in on their phone and things like that. I fully get that. But us as advisors have to do certain due diligence and get to know the client without any kind of compliance or anything. Actually get to know them before. How can, we, how can you advise somebody by receiving an email with their three-year address history, their income, their expenditure, and I've got two kids. How can you actually advise somebody on that? And I don't understand it myself. I had a client contact me recently, actually, who um, was a referral from his a sister that I've helped recently. Um, and he kind of said, oh, you know, I'm a bit pushed for time. Can we just deal with things over email? This is what I want to do. Can we just deal with things over email? And I said, you know, not a problem. We can have a conversation over email, but I am going to have to speak to you. I don't have to necessarily come across and see you. They are local, but I don't necessarily have to come and sit down and have a coffee with you. We can do it over the phone or a Zoom call if that's what you prefer. But I can't give you that advice over email. I, I can't and I won't. And he kind of said, that's absolutely fine. Like, let's, you know, do what we can over email now to get the ball rolling. And then let's book an appointment in the diary. Even if it's an, an evening, a weekend, you know, we can accommodate those things. But I can't and I, I'm not comfortable doing those things over email. I love that. Do you know, it's funny, a, a guy that I used to work with, his analogy was, um, so clients would be like a ski slope. So at the top of the ski slope would be a wide funnel mm-hmm. and they can do what they want here. Yep. But essentially as they're coming down the hill, and as they're getting yeah. closer to the point of buying a house or something, you then come into his, yes. his funnel. So he might want to email, that's fine. But until when he gets to here, yeah. he needs to follow your, your process. Which is a good analogy. And I think as well, not to talk compliance, but, but sorry, <laughs> sorry everyone. But I do think it's so important. There are so many things that we have to check out as advisors that they are who they say they are. Yeah. They are doing what they say they're doing. And how many times have you come across a person who runs a limited company director, is a limited company director, and you ask them what their employment status is and they say, I'm employed. Yeah, so if you get a fact file saying, I'm employed on 50 grand a year, you're like, okay, you off you go, do your research on them being employed. And actually the business is their own business. And wife might get 50 grand and he might get there's different sources of income you're not going to know that without speaking to them and actually delving a little bit deeper it's not just who do you work for how much do you earn okay brilliant next page it's actually understanding it 
So, um, yeah, I email fact finds. I, I did work for a company previously who someone came along and tried to push emails. This is what people want. This is how people want to work now. It's important that you do this. And I said, I'm not doing it. Yeah. If you want to do that, crack on. I am not doing that. Yeah. And I might be stuck in my ways and old school in my paper fact finds or speaking to people, but it works. It's still working. Proof's in the pudding. I don't like change. Yeah. <laughs> but these customers coming back to you. Exactly. And that's that's the proof in yeah. the pudding, isn't it? Absolutely. And that just goes to show that that, that business is looking more of it as a transactional thing. Next, 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 next. Yeah. New business, new business. Yeah. And it doesn't need to always be new no. business all the time. No. So, yeah. So, do you go out <laughs> to people's clients' houses to see them? Yeah, definitely. Them? Definitely. I like doing a face to face appointment. Um, I think sometimes people are more comfortable in their own environment. You can sit down and have a cup of tea. And I, especially um, at first time buyers, it's daunting. Speaking to someone over the phone, you might not get what you want or you might not quite fully understand things, but I genuinely would rather sit down, have a coffee, let's chat, let me meet your dog, let me, you know, let's just see what your environment is and kind of get to know you. They're more comfortable and then therefore they're more comfortable asking questions as well if they need to ask any questions. So I love a face-to-face appointment. Um, And obviously it can't happen all the time and some people don't want it to happen all the time. Surprisingly... Not everybody wants me around their house for a cup of tea. It's rude. I know, I, I, know. <laughs> I don't get it myself, but it happens occasionally. But people are happy doing things over the phone. Or, you know, Zoom since COVID. We never did Zoom calls previously, but now everybody lives on Zoom. So those kind of things are fine. But I think a face-to-face appointment works. Yeah, good. Well, it just, I just laughed no. when you said Zoom because... <laughs> sure. During oh, the pandemic, it was probably about August time, 2020. Mm-hmm. My dad was, I see Zoom was a thing, massive. Oh, yeah. My dad rang me and he was like, um, I need to speak to you. Shall we do like a face-to-face? Have you heard this thing called Zoom? Oh, <laughs> Yes, dad. Yeah. dad. That's how I'm working now. Yeah. And everyone's heard of Zoom. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if you watch Gavin and Stacey, it was like Uncle Brim when he was talking about <laughs> the World Wide Web. This thing called the World Wide Web. <laughs> Oh, Dad. <laughs> but it is people as well, like your dad. I would love to do a Zoom call with him. Yeah. They're always the best Zoom calls because they're too close to the camera. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't it's look at your angle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, happens to us all? It does, yeah. yeah. Can't wait to be old. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly there. Nearly there. Yeah, so I was on a training course recently, and um, like I was telling you earlier, mm-hmm. and a guy was asking why on a fact find we needed to take kids' names. Well, actually, it's nothing to do with the actual mortgage application or anything, no. but it's about getting to know your client, isn't it? 100%. No lender is going to say, how many dependents has this applicant got and what are their names, please? It doesn't matter. They don't care. They want to know how many dependents they've got and therefore how that affects affordability. But to us as advisors, I think it's important because, well, I'd like to think that these children are important to the client. Yeah. So if you want to know them you've got to understand what's important to them and if that's their children you've got to bring the children into conversation you have to bring their children up when you're then talking about life insurance you have to bring their children up when you're talking about affordability childcare, and things like that to then reference them by name if you were talking to a friend of yours you would say how's little charlie (laughs) wouldn't you my friend's called charlie (laughs) 
good. <laughs> but you wouldn't say, well, you might do. How's the kid? You yeah. know, how's your dependent? You'd get to know them. So it has to be treated the same way when you're talking to your clients, in my opinion. I had a client actually not long ago um, in which we were ready to do a Zween mortgage. Haven't spoken to this chap for five years since they bought the property. I've obviously sent a couple of messages every now and again. Like, hey, I don't know if you need anything. Haven't had anything back. Fine. Don't expect anything back. But rude. Hmm. Um, and I kind of said, you know, oh, how are things? Are you still working at such and such? Are you still doing this? How are the girls? And I mentioned the girls' names and said, oh, how old are such and such and such and such now? And he just kind of went silent. And I was like, oh, no. I said something. What have I done? Did I get the kids' names wrong? What have I done? I've, I've offended somebody. And I was like, uh, and he just kind of said, Kelly, I've not spoken to you for five years. How on earth do you remember those girls' names? And I was like, well, I probably need to get out a little bit more, <laughs> to be honest. But that was important when we would, I remember seeing that client face to face five years ago and the kids came in. So I was there with the children. So you just get to know them because obviously they're there. And then you're speaking about them when you talk about life insurances and the mortgage application. And it's just something that is in your mind because it's important to them. I didn't make an active, you know, must remember this, but I will write it down. I will write their children's names down. And throughout that whole application process, I will ask you about the girls or if you hear a child in the background or something, you'll say, you know, oh, is that little George? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's relevant. It's important to them. And I think that's how you build a friendship. That's how you build any kind of relationship. So why is it any different with your client? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so true. I love that. And I think what you said earlier about the uh, life insurance mm -hmm. and everything associated with that is it, it makes the, the, the pitch of, uh, of, of putting it towards a client yeah. even easier because when you're bringing in kids mm -hmm. into the situation, it's real, life. it's real life, isn't it? It's real life. And that's if you're talking to people about life insurances or protecting their income or whatever it is that you're kind of covering, you need to know that child's name because you want to cover them. But also, you have to say, if little Charlie's not here anymore, if you're not here anymore, what's going to happen to little Charlie? What's going to happen to his education? What's going to happen? How's mum going to take care of him? You have to, it has to be their real life situation. And I just think it can't be by saying, obviously, you don't have to remember the kids' names if you're not a loser like me five years later. But there and then in that appointment, and whilst you're getting to know them and throughout that whole process, you need to know that. Yeah. Yeah, you need to know that. So building relationships, does that extend out to third parties as well? Oh, definitely. I think it extends to everybody um, as part of the process. It's not just, you know, you can't get to know your client in the best possible way that you can, but then not know your mortgage lenders, not know a solicitor to refer people to or estate agents or, you know, not have communication with everybody. Particularly buying a house, there's obviously everybody has to be involved. Solicitors, lenders, um, accountants, estate agents, there has to be communication with everybody to make the process go smoothly. And I think with like estate agents, um, sorry, with solicitors, I think I often recommend solicitors that I work with because I have a good relationship with them. And it's easier then to, you know, kind of send a message and say, is there an update on this? I'm seeing the client tonight. Or there's been an issue with this. The client doesn't understand the paperwork. Can we talk through it together? And if you've got a relationship with somebody, it just goes in a nicer, smoother way. Um, and I... And Lauren and I have always kind of said that we wouldn't recommend a solicitor, a, I don't know, a commercial advisor or whoever it is that we're recommending. We wouldn't recommend them if we wouldn't use them ourselves. Because, of course, if anything goes wrong and, you know, there's always going to be times where certain things don't quite go right, no matter how good that person is. But if we recommend somebody who's continuously giving bad service or we're getting bad feedback from clients, that reflects on us. We've recommended them. 
So yeah, good relationships with everybody is is paramount to kind of making the whole process smooth. We also want to be that point of call where a client contacts us because they want commercial advice. They want a second charge. They want solicitors, whatever it may be. So if we're that first point of call, we have to have good relationships with those people to yeah. be able to give good recommendations to them. You're their go-to financial exactly. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Does that extend to business development managers as well? Yes, absolutely, of course. Um, you know, with the lenders, we have very good relationships with, with the BDMs of particular lenders. Um, and I think, you know, often we'll just meet up for a coffee and just have a quick chat. Should be talking about the current mortgage criteria, but probably don't because we're just having a chat. And and I think that's how it should be. But to know that you've got a contact at the end of the phone. So if there's a situation which a mortgage case is not going as it should do, or the underwriter's got an issue with something and you don't think there should be an issue with something, to have somebody to call and say, look, am I missing something? Is there something that isn't quite right? Like, what's the situation? Is, is there any kind of, um, can we submit this application? It's really important. Um, we strongly, obviously, after we've done our fact plan and got to know the client, we very strongly research the full scenario, do as much research as we possibly can before we submit an agreement in principle, before we submit a mortgage application, and before we say to a client, yes, I'm going to recommend you to this particular lender, because we have to make sure it's right before we do that. The research has to be done to make sure that we're submitting to the right lender and therefore the process is going to go nicely yeah and i guess that goes back to effective fact finding yeah the amount of times that people will go call a mortgage company and they'll say i'll oh, dip it and see oh and then you're yeah doing that and then doesn't it fails no it somewhere else actually if you've done the fact find right you've got the credit file you know everything about yeah. the client you can then actually find the solution straight away can't that's you it. that's it and i think that's how Having it's a fact find. You're finding the facts. Yeah. The proof is in the pudding yeah. that you have to find <laughs> that information. In which to have that information, you then go and do your research with the lenders. And it could be the most straightforward, simple case, which none of them ever are at the moment. But it could be simple and straightforward. Check that criteria. Even if you know a particular company is going to do the mortgage, check it. Their criteria might have changed. Their products might only be available for a certain type of client or a certain type of property. Check that criteria fully before you're advising that particular product or lender to a client. And yeah, it starts from that initial conversation, in my opinion. That's brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. Exactly. It's been really good. It's a great conversation. It's nice to actually speak to someone in the industry as well, uh, who's doing really well. So thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. If people want to reach out and chat to you about anything, where can they reach you? Um, so through our um, Instagram, so through our social medias, LK Financial um, is probably an easy way to get in contact with us. We have all our contact information on there as well as how you can drop us an email or give us a call. So yeah, through our Instagram or Facebook. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you.